Greetings, I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Join us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour Mondays, where we look into the dark secrets of the conspiratorial world. We'll explore the likes of government cover-ups, the existence of otherworldly beings, unexplained phenomena, and cryptids. We tackle these topics with an open mind, a sense of humor, and dapper drippage. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen on all podcast platforms. Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crimes, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And a little bit of whatever we want. I'm your host, Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back to Spooky Ooky Paranormal. And before we dive into our topics today, because there's more than one, a little bit of a double feature going on. But before we dive into that, Christy, what is your need for a distraction? Um, My need for a distraction is I'm just still really lonely at home. Don't go anywhere. Um, And it's Valentine's Day, which I hate Valentine's Day, just personally. I don't know why. I just don't like it. And so so I work. And then I hate work, so it's fine. (laughs) So Christy's doing really well. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Fair enough. I am going to kind of jump on a little bit of that and say, yes, it's Valentine's Day. And I have, for the month of February, so it's Tanner's birthday, who is my boyfriend. For those who don't know, I have Valentine's Day and I have our anniversary, which is on the 16th. That's gross. And not only that, but tax season is like literally right around the corner. So I'm just a bucket of financial mess right now. I, only if you don't get money back from taxes. Yes, but I'm never going to financially recover from this year already. And it's only the second fucking month. So lovely. That's on overspending. <laughs> we love online shopping during quarantine. Exactly. So we are going to go on a trip, Christy. I know, I know everything is locked down, but we're going to go on a hypothetical trip. So remember in episode nine, like way back, way, way back when, uh, when I, we covered two different Toronto haunted hotspots, I thought, hey, we should do that again. But uh, let's, let's do that in Quebec. Oh, yeah. So this week we are doing a haunted Quebec tour, hypothetically. Let's go get us some poutines. <laughs> let's go get us some poutine and freeze our fucking asses off. But regardless, let's get our spooky on. So the first stop on our haunted Quebec tour is the Cathedral of the Holy Trinity Church in Quebec City, British Columbia. No, okay. In Quebec, <laughs> in Quebec City, Quebec. I just always find it funny when certain provinces or states or places have like the name, the like, name. yeah, like New York City, New York. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, anyways. Be original, but okay. Okay. So the Cathedral of the Holy Trinity Church is located in Old Quebec City, uh, and it's much more than a historical landmark. It's also known as one of the most haunted locations in Quebec. So the church was built between 1800 and 1804 by Royal Artillery Engineers Captain William Hall and Major William Robe. 
William was a very popular name back then. Holy shit. Seems like that way. So the two-story church has an impressive bell tower that boasts a reported eight bells and apparently is the oldest change ringing peel in Canada. So it is pretty prestigious. Um, Mint. Mint. But unfortunately, due to deterioration and age, because let's not forget, she old. Uh, the bells were brought down in 2006, sent to Whitechapel in London for what I assume was some kind of like tuning up, and then brought back to be reinstalled in April 2007. Mm-hmm. So this historical monument has obviously a spooky twist, which I think has kind of been fed by local lore. So it's kind of, it's paranormal with a little bit of lore, but I feel like that's most, like, I feel like they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it's like, yes, it's paranormal. You might see stuff, but then people also make stuff up. So it's like, hmm. Yeah. So, and a little bit of a fun fact, my dad and I went th- went here back when I was like, I think 10 years old. And it's kind of, it was one of our last stops during a ghost walk that my dad and I did. So we literally drove Ooh. 12 hours to go on this haunted well okay we didn't just go there for the for the haunted tour but like it was a driving factor so to speak that's like i was saying we went to new orleans only flew that long for that stuff like no we, we did other stuff things there we went there for the food and for the booze, booze. <laughs> both alcoholic and spiritual Anyways, so the church itself, from what I could read, doesn't have any publicly known deaths that occurred inside or on the grounds, but it should be noted that there is an alleged crypt in the basement of the church, home to one of the first bishops that served there. However, it's not a bishop that is reportedly seen or heard roaming the church after services on Wednesdays and Sundays. According to the Ghost Tours of Quebec book, a local medium went to the church several times in which they discovered that the church was being haunted by a former local woman who had fallen pregnant. It's like, how's one fall pregnant? <laughs> Become? Okay. She woke up one morning and she had fallen pregnant. Miracle baby. <laughs> this woman, reportedly of religious order, maybe a nun, not really sure, allegedly killed the child sometime between birth and buried the body of the baby in the cathedral, specifically directly under where the organ sits a few floors up. Why'd she kill her baby? I think she was a nun, and I don't think they're, they're oh, allowed. They were allowed to be they're, pregnant. Mm, or, mm, yeah. mm, okay. Yeah. But still yeah. sad. It's you could like bit- give it away and pretend it wasn't yours. Don't yeah. kill it. Yeah. So the location of where this baby is important as apparently one of the organists, not sure if they're still there or not, or their name wasn't given in the book, but they reported that they experienced a wide range of spooky occurrences such as doors banging that were locked, interior doors opening and slamming shut, the sound of heavy footsteps when no one else was in the church, or, you know, supposed to be in the church, and seeing the apparition of a described shadowy woman figure moving between the pillars. And for some reason, these spooky things seem to pick up around November. Not sure the significance, but, like, figured it was worth mentioning. An interesting tie into this local lore is allegedly that, you know, the crypt that's in the basement of the church, beside the first bishop, supposedly, allegedly, apparently, there is a smaller gravesite. Small enough for a child. For this baby? Apparently, maybe. Who knows? So the babies, the babies are haunting. I don't think there's a reported baby haunting, but that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Just going around, little cries. It's Crybaby Bridge all over again. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have found the one in Quebec, but it's not a bridge. It's a fucking church. 
mind blown. I was going to say it could be the children, and then children always means demons. But I was like, well, it's a church, so then the demons should really be there. It's too holy. Or plot twist, what if there is a demon in there? We're just starting, we're, we're just here spreading rumors about this place. <laughs> Let's make a plot, it's whatever. Exactly. There is no record or name attached to this gravesite other than the bishop, so no one really knows what it holds. And I don't think anyone's, you know, tried to open it because I, I, I don't know if that's disrespectful. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yes. But. As you can imagine, people have tied that the female shadowy shadowy figure is the mother who wanders the church mourning the death of her child. In the ghost tours of Quebec book, which, yes, is a souvenir book that you buy after the tour that, yes, my dad spent $12 to buy for me because I wanted it. (laughs) One of the one of their tour guides explains an eerie situation involving a tea light candle on the tours. The guides usually wear dark robes and somewhat go for an old timey vibe. Uh, If anyone watched creepy canada as a kid growing up you know the fit you know the drill they also carry lanterns as they cruise around old quebec city on foot with their patrons so according to the tour company one of the guides had entered the church as mentioned it's like the last stop on the tour mm-hmm. uh and it's considered the most active like when you're on this tour that's where you end off and they're like yeah this is the most haunted place so uh here for last Exactly. The tour guide reportedly had put their lantern on down on a marble table after entering the building, and when they went back to get it, they realized that the candlelight had appeared to gone out. After looking at it closer, though, the entire tea light had been removed within seconds, and apparently no one else in the group, like, would have had the time to actually remove it. Like, they would have to grab the lantern in front of everybody and try to remove the tea light from the lantern with everybody in the group watching. That's fucked. Because you would think, like, I, I was like, picturing it being just blown out, which I'm like, the wind. You could just yeah. blame it on the wind. But the fact it's gone, you're like, what the fuck? Where'd the candle go? Exactly. And no one in the group was saying anything. Like, no one, like, was snickering. No one was, like, pretending to have taken it. I mean, you never know. Someone could have, but it just seemed really highly unlikely at the time. The guy didn't want to say anything to the group since they were kids. And although it, it was a ghost tour, they didn't want to traumatize the kids. You know, that's kind of, like, my own speculation. They didn't want to be like, oh, my God, this, like, if they were freaking the heck out, then everyone mm-hmm. else would have freaked the heck out, right? But that's also the point of a ghost tour. Anyways... It was to scare me, so like I would want to know, but then yeah. I'm like, if you're freaking out, that's a problem. Yeah. Other reports by the tour guides include feeling icy fingers going up legs under the cloak uh, have been reported, as well as doors slamming shut and seeing the apparition of a shadowy woman, or what looks like to be a shadowy woman. I mean, I, I don't know how you can tell if it's a woman or a ghost. I, I feel like it doesn't really matter the gender, but that's just what they kept saying, so... Yeah, yeah. So some like long flowy hair in the shadows or something. Yeah, but like any anyone could have long flowy hair. That's why I was like, I, anyways. But once again, I feel like that's also just feeding into the local lore, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh, it was the woman that like killed her baby, yada yada. So now, like, obviously, it's whatever. That's anyways. what you see, and like that's the picture they automatically put your mind focusing on. Exactly. So my experience at the Holy Trinity was spooky. As mentioned, it was the last stop on the tour. And I remember hearing what sounded to be footsteps coming from behind our seated group. Our tour guide told us the story of the woman. And then we all kind of like sat in silence for a bit just to like kind of let the room breathe to like see Mm -hmm. if we could hear anything. And that's when we heard the footsteps. So no one was really there. Mm -hmm. No one was really there. Because we were all, like, sitting in the pillars, the tour guide was in front of us, and there were, like, footsteps as if someone was behind us. Yeah. Mm. 
not fun. So that's the Holy Trinity Church in Old Quebec City. So that's our first stop. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky, spooky. And it's cool that you have to go there and see that. Like, when you were younger, it'd be cool if they told you, again, that story. Or, like, tell the group what was going on, what was happening. But it's spookiness. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I remember being so freaked out that, like, I don't think I slept that night when we were in the... Well, you like, were 10. I was 10. But so yeah. like now where you like live for it and you probably still don't sleep, but it's fine. <laughs> what is sleep? Am I right? So our last and next spooky spot is the Chateau Frontenac Hotel. So the Fairmont Le Chateau Frontenac, historically known as the Chateau Frontenac Hotel, is a classic hotel situated in Old Quebec. And it's actually about like a four minute walk from the Holy Trinity Church. So it's in really close proximity. How fitting. Similar to the Trinity, the hotel is considered a historical landmark because it is what? Haunted. And old. I was going okay. for old, but you know what? Haunted <laughs> is also a very valid reason as why we're here. The building was constructed from 1892 to 1893, and it saw two additions in 1908 and 1920. The original design was by a guy named Bruce Price, uh, and apparently named after Governor General Louis de Bois de Frontenac, who served from 1672 to 1682 for history buffs who needed to know as the governor general. So the hotel would officially open on December 18th, 1893, and would forever be ogled at as a remarkable piece of architecture. Similar to the Empress Hotel in Vancouver, the original construction was, I believe, funded through the Canadian Railway Company and... Similarly to the Empress, this hotel is also haunted. Yay! Hey. Uh, another little non-ghosty fact, but in celebration of its 125th anniversary, which was about three years ago from 2021, uh, the hotel named eight of their executive suites after some famous guests, such as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Alfred Hitchcock, Queen Elizabeth II, and Celine Dion, to name a few. Speaking of rooms, the hotel includes a total of 611 guest rooms, and fun weird fact, it is part of a bee sustainability program where there is a pollinator um, located on the hotel's rooftop. Okay. So you could, you could say this hotel is... Don't. The bees needs <laughs> you and your puns. Okay. <laughs> As you guessed it, though, there's a weird, spooky twist this location because this isn't a hotel history podcast or a podcast about bees. Even though I, a hotel history podcast would probably be very long lived because there's so many fucking hotels with that are so. Old. It could be. It could be fitting. It could be fitting. Anyways, so according to the Fairmont Moments website, when Louis de Baud de Frontenac, a.k.a. Louis for short, uh, when he died, his pre-death wishes included sending his heart to his fiancée back in France. So he's like, yo, when I die, cut my heart out, package it, you know, express mail to my fiancée in France. That's gross. Does she want it? He's, well, he wanted to, he's really willing to give it. When when she, when she did get it, uh, she was so sad and potentially mortified that she sent it back to Quebec. She's like, oh, a heart. Thanks. What am I going to do with this? Yeah. This isn't going to pay the bills, Louis. What am I going to leave it on a shelf in some formaldehyde or whatever they put it in and be like, let's just chill now. Yeah. Because of this and his connection to the hotel, some claim to see a shadowy, misty apparition of Louis just chilling, just hanging out. Uh, apparently he is reportedly seen 
around the second floor or in the ballroom area. Just chill around. You see him. You'd be like, hey, dude. So I'm not sure if his heart was stored anywhere in the hotel. Like, I don't know if there's maybe like a spooky rumor we could twist there, but I'm pretty sure his heart would probably be buried with the rest of his body, wherever that may be. It'd be cool if his heart was in there. That'd be like the reason why like his spirit like kind of just like chills around because his heart is still there. But yeah, we can't win that one. Okay. Exactly. So based on what I've read, unlike other reportedly haunted hotels, there aren't any ghosts tied to any specific rooms. They all just kind of hang, you know, float around, do their thing. Um, Other haunts at the hotel include a reported ghostly woman in white. Uh, Unfortunately, there isn't any further details about who this person was or why they're hanging around the hotel. Just there's just this woman in a white nightgown who just kind of, you know, hangs out. But apparently she will walk around, I think, kind of the second floor. And apparently, allegedly, supposedly, she might even jump into bed with you. So keep that in mind. But you can stay over. Like, so when you're laying in bed and you're like just chilling, you like feel this like apparition just like sneaking to bed with you. Yeah, pretty much. That's gross. And that's on Valentine's Day and finding romance, even in the afterlife. This little chilly neighbor beside Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. So both locations seem to have reported hauntings, even though there isn't a lot of history in comparison to other spooky spooky locations we've covered. Uh, But that doesn't mean you shouldn't go and check these places out post pandemic, obviously to get a little bit of that creepiness yourself. So, that's kind of it. That's both the locations. This one's going to be a shorty, I think. I would go to both those places. Specifically, the church would be cool. Yeah, I'd go back We there. haven't had good luck with hotels so far, but it'd be cool. Yeah. Right? Uh, so my resources include the historicalplaces.ca website, Spotting History website, the Ghost Tours of Quebec book, Parks Canada Directory of Federal Heritage, Travel and Leisure article by Kaylee Alini, uh, Fairmount Moments website, and the Ebenaki Extreme article by Steve Hutchings. Fancy. Yeah. So, Christy, tell these fine spooky people where they can, I don't know, find more spooky things if they need it. Our spooky followers, you can listen to our podcast on many platforms. Examples, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple to be a few. But really, any platform you listen to podcasts on, you'll find us. Feel free to send us any suggestions, any topics you want, anything in general. So spam, we love it for our uh, Patreon, but to email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. You can tweet at us on Twitter at weirddistractI1 and hit us up on our Insta page at weirddistractionspod. As I said about Patreon, feel free to go over. We do have episode out now, the two tiers, and you might get a little bonus stuff with the second one. We said spam episode and whatnot, some shout outs. Yes. And then go over to Redbubble. We got merch. So find a logo you like and then pick anything you want it on because pretty much you can find anything you want it on. It'd be great. Yeah. And once again, with Patreon, it's a great way to support us at a financial level if you're able to, if you want to. If you want that bonus content, obviously we appreciate it. But if you can't support us financially because, hey, 2021 is a dumpster fire and there are people that maybe aren't working or they're not working as much or they have... Mm Even more expenses. We totally understand. Um, A free way to support the show is to rate review us on any platform that you can. Apple Podcasts is one of them. And, you know, follow us along on social media. 
stay in the loop whenever we post anything that, you know, could provide a little distraction. Because Alex is all over those fancy TikToks and videos and anything else she can make up. <laughs> exactly. And if you need a distraction. We got you. Bye. Bye. Every Harvest Moon, a talk show comes along that is so groundbreaking, raising the bar to such heights that other podcasts step back and say, wow, that show's got it figured out. With a host tempered in focus, commitment, and sheer will, this is The Derek Duvall Show. Pop culture, news, and interviews with fascinating people that channel the great Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite. The Derek Duvall Show. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show and find his new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. The Derek Duvall Show. The best thing to happen to hump days since the Geico camel. What, what?